Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea. It's the inspiration station for everyday people guiding humanity forward. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan, and every week I pursue conversations that matter with people who can relate to the common struggles we all face. You'll get to know the person behind the profession and find commonality with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Listen as friends, neighbors, and coworkers offer meaningful, personal explorations of modern life and the values we hold dear, all for the purpose of strengthening and uplifting others. Thank you for tuning in to Tuesdays with Andrea podcast. Today, we have special guest Sally Delgado. She is vice president of operations at Realty of Chicago, which is a thriving brokerage firm. And you are also an educator yes. uh, and <laughs> have more than a decade of experience in education. And then you made this the career switch into Realty. So welcome to the show, Sally. Yes, yes. This, is, this has been a year and a half in the making. I know. You are a busy woman. I follow you on, on social. Oh, thank you. And I, I love to see, because you're so, uh, you're on the move, you're connected, you're always connecting with other people. And this I is am. what I love because, yes. you know, in virtual COVID times, you don't always see that. And so you're still out and about making connections, talking to people, uh, and I guess you have to do that with a realty job. Oh, yes, definitely. You have to have uh, some presence on social media. That's our bread and butter for sure. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's start. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about leadership, self-leadership, and then also leading others. Yes. Um, and then specifically uh, realty and, and, and going into the real estate business for sure. and your role as a vice president. Um, and then doing a, a career change and then launch are you launching a book too? Yeah. what this is a yes <laughs> yes lots of goodness happening for sure lots of goodness so we're yes. going to explore all of that awesome so let's start with because we don't know each other very well no. we know each other through social but mm-hmm. now it's my chance to just get to know sally as the person for sure so, likewise so tell me, tell me about yourself. What do you want me and the audience to know? Oh, Lord, I hate talking <laughs> about myself. Um, I'm a Chicago native. Okay. Uh, Chicago is my home, although I was not born here. I was born in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Uh, my East parents Coast. are from Puerto Rico, so I am Puerto Rican. I'm the second to oldest of five siblings. Okay. All girls. Um, and my youngest brother, he's a boy. Uh, my parents live in Puerto Rico. Okay, so the second oldest, this means that... Oh, God, I know. Are you better than everybody in your basically, family? Basically, <laughs> basically. Basically. Um, see Sally for everything. <laughs> you know everything. Yes, the, 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 the know-it-all, uh, the more responsible one. So, yes, the achiever. The achiever, the overachiever. <laughs> Although there are several of my siblings who are great at what they do. A wide variety of careers and they too are overachievers in their own special way. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, I seem to be, you know, like uh, the go-to child, which I absolutely hate. I hate having that pressure to be able to hold everybody else up, you yeah. know, every, uh, there's always one in every family. <laughs> <laughs> and you carry that, but you carry that. I carry it. I, I've taken full ownership of it um, because it's my family. It's my blood, right? So um, here till the end, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys grew up on the East Coast and then you moved this way? Uh, so I was in uh, Connecticut uh, probably till the age of two. Uh, so I was raised by my father here in Chicago. So uh, my father was a single parent for a very, very long time. 
uh, we moved around a lot. Um, and that's probably where I learned early on in my childhood how to navigate things very quickly. Uh, I, I think I went to like six or seven elementary schools. So mm -hmm. imagine you changing your kids' schools that many times. Um, so it was just like I made friends and then I left them and I made friends and I left them. So I had to adapt very quickly. Uh, so I come from a single family home, um, although my dad remarried twice after that. So there's a whole bunch of us half siblings and <laughs> surprise. You, you might have be a more sister, down the way. Right? Uh, <laughs> so it's in so um, but switching schools a lot. What a, a trait that I find really useful when I meet people who have had like had to do that because it's not easy making new friends it's not easy getting acclimated fast but then you also learn how to say goodbye yeah and you also learn how to like kind of close that connection and then move on yes so no. has that helped you it, it, absolutely it's the reason why i'm here because uh, me it's, it's almost the opposite like if i find something i never want to let it go ever. oh of course because ever, ever. <laughs> when it's good it's good but I've been, you know, uh, so so much ambiguity in my life has existed with the absence of my mother, um, poverty, uh, being home alone for pretty much all my childhood. You know, uh -huh. lock the door, don't answer the phone. The lock key, the, what is it, the, the lock key child? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, you know. Um, so we were those kids, yeah. my, my sister Jacqueline and I. Um, but uh, so much uh, has become from those lessons and those experiences. I remember in the interim of switching schools, I was tossed into an ESL class because all the other classes were filled. And I here I come in the mid-year being transferred in. And they're like, well, we have room in the ESL class. And I didn't know what that was at that time. I think I was you know, uh, in second grade, first grade. And then I discovered that everybody was talking Spanish. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> That's interesting. Did that happen when you came here? Um, no, no. I was already, you know, a Chicago native by that time. But um, you know, it was just in, in the mix up of moving around and, yeah. and being tossed in different schools. And, and I remember thinking at first, like, oh, this is this is this is the special class, you know, and I remember how much those students adored me because I spoke English. And so the script completely <laughs> flipped, you know? I was singing pollito chicken and then I'm teaching them the alphabet in English. <laughs> so, That's so interesting. Yeah, uh, so it was, um, it was great. It's been great, uh, you know, just kind of navigating my way through life and neighborhoods and schools and and why I've been able to meet so many different people throughout my life mm -hmm. and easily adjust and pivot regardless of the situation. Yeah. You know, whether it's professional or personal, um, it's how fast that recuperating uh, time that you have, you know. How am I going to get over this challenge and how long is it going to take me? Is yeah. it going to take me a day? Is it going to take me a month? Um, and my turnover time's pretty quick. So what was it like growing up with the with your dad, a single dad? Normally I hear single mom. So what is the is there is there a dynamic change in growing up with a dad? Oh lord. And especially daughter <laughs> father. Like how does that how did that impact you? Or oh my goodness. Uh he would totally be upset at me if I said some of the things that we had to experience. <laughs> but you know, it's for the saying. It's a Latino family. So uh my dad uh ruled with a Iron stern fist. Fist, you know, he was really, really protective of both myself and my older sister. 
uh, he didn't allow us to do sleepovers. Yeah, and like you know, Latino families was, don't do sleepovers. He was that guy. And I was just like, oh, Lord. Um, he wouldn't allow us to, you know, participate in anything that costs money. Um, it was a challenge for sure. Um, you know, he, he was just really, really hard on us. So yes, there is a very different dynamic. He expected a lot from us. Mm -hmm. Uh, a B was never good enough. Um, you know, when we got our report cards, like we didn't have much, but paint on the walls and a blanket on the floor, but he expected so much from us. Uh, and, and he drove that till like we were in our late teen years, early twenties. Um, and I credit him because he was a man that was uneducated, didn't have much. He was the guy with the no shoes and Mm -hmm. going to the campo in Puerto Rico and, uh, he was that guy, you know, he's the oldest of nine siblings who mm. have now uh, passed away uh, for various life choices. Um, and he held his own. My dad definitely held his own for my sister and I. And so it's, it's, it was tough. It's, it sounds like you had a lot of respect for him. Oh, yes. My dad is is my rock. He's my diamond. He's everything till this day. You know, he I know he regrets a lot of the 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 way he raised us. I know that mm-hmm. for a fact. Uh, in fact, he's apologized uh, for some of the ways that you know he expressed himself. You know the 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 chancleta, the mapo, the hairbrush, yeah, the correa. Those things ruled in our house. You know, fear ruled in our house. I, I was just <laughs> thinking that because to me, like. I think it's easier sometimes for women to express fear or to express emotions. Well, for a Latino dad, I'm just trying to think. I had a Puerto Rican stepdad for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I just remember he didn't really say much. Um, he was probably one of the more emotionally like in tune men that I knew growing up. Um, but even still, like when it came to like fear of raising daughters or once like he he was he didn't really compliment much one time when i got a school picture he's like he told my mom in spanish oh que bonita like yeah yeah like he like it was just more like i can't i have to hold a line yeah and i can't really give too much yeah but i knew that he worked hard and i knew he sacrificed uh and i knew that he had so much respect for our family that it it held me in ways that were intangible. Like, For sure. You know? For sure. So I'm thinking maybe, is it similar? It's very similar. Yes. My dad didn't, he he wasn't the lovey-dovey type, you know? Uh, he Like I said, he just expected so much from us. He expected yeah. the house to be clean, uh, for my older sister to cook dinner at like eight years old. Yeah. She yeah. was like cooking it up, you uh-huh. know, um, till this day, <laughs> he, she's the cook and I'm the clean one. <laughs> uh, don't ask me to cook anything. I bet he's really proud of both of you. He is. He's, he's probably like, see, see? <laughs> <laughs> it works. Sure, right, right. He's like, see, my plan worked. Um, no, absolutely. He's, he's to proud your dad. Of, I know. <laughs> you did Salud, a good job. Right. <laughs> He's proud of all of his children, um, but if I if if I had him here right now, he would say that he's most proud of Jacqueline and Sally Delgado because he raised us alone. Mm. So, yes. wow, yes, that's not easy. No, and a, a lot of men dressing us, hair. going through hair. Oh gosh, I got a hairbrush story for you next time. What? <laughs> 
I had, um, you know, those 80s brush with the little pinky things on uh-huh. them? Well, my hair was like so long and my the brush got lost in my hair. <laughs> like literally it just, my hair just ate up the brush. And we were going to church and I was like, the brush is stuck in my hair. <laughs> And he's like, well, come here. Let me get it out. And it was Easter Sunday. So it was like we had to hurry so we could get a seat. And he was like, well, why isn't it coming? What is it? And I had like a hair knot this big that I was avoiding for months. And the hairbrush was just in there. And and he took the scissors and just cut it off. And I mean, I just look like a crazy (laughs) kid with the front of my hair combed. And then the back (laughs) was all choppy. But. Um, no, my dad is, um, he's most definitely proud of Jacqueline and myself because he did it all by himself. Uh, nobody gave him a, 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 a parent handbook to say, this is how you treat the girls. This is what you should do for girls. I mean, we were just you know, tomboys in the street. We didn't, we didn't even look like girls, <laughs> you know? He um, was raising sons. Yeah, he was. Uh, we shopped at the thrift store, so our clothes were just mixed match. Oh. We didn't have, like, purple and pink. And um, then the whole bra thing, uh, forget it. And you're it. so stylish now. Forget I mean. it, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, so then how does that translate into teenage years and then old, ultimately into career? yeah. Um, so, uh, oh gosh, I think, um, you know, I, I mentioned it, uh, to the ladies at Realty of Chicago recently in a, in a chat that we had, uh, that sports has always been a part of my life. And those are the, the, the people that I identified with. So since I didn't have a mother, a role model in the home to teach me those things, I, mused uh the women in in ath- you know in athletics. athletics uh so i mean that was it for me you know those that was my drive that was my hunger uh what motivated me what inspired me um and so i kind of just used that to fuel my direction in high school so i was involved in track and field cross country and and that was a very successful uh you know experience in high school uh, not so much academically because I was having way too much fun in high school. Uh, <laughs> did but, you think about college at that time or did, or did you think about future? No, um, I did briefly, um, especially junior year when everyone's hitting the panic mode button. But I knew that there, you know, you know, if like many Latino families, uh, the, the, the mass, those conversations are just not happening no. at the table, at least during my time. I was wanting to go to the military, to the Air Force. Because uh, that's kind of the track that's like... Yeah, that's... That's the known track that that you hear about, not college. Because if you don't have parents who go to college, they don't... They're not telling you about college. Exactly. So They're no, telling you to get a good education, but they don't know the achievement level beyond that. Exactly. And so those messages were not happening in our home because neither my father nor my stepmother had those experiences. So it was like, well, we're not talking about it because it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I remember I briefly had a conversation with my father about it because uh, Western Illinois wanted to pick me up for a scholarship out in Macomb. And he was just like, well, if they give you a scholarship, great, then you can go. Um, And I'm thinking, well, geez, uh, it'd have to be like a full scholarship to cover all the expenses. 
And so uh, to that end, that was it. It was like the conversation dropped and I was thinking about like, well, what am I going to do? And so naturally the military was, you know, a, a suitable fit for me, something that interests me. And then senior year came and then it was just the light bulb started going off. You know, I saw my friends going to college, military, the trades, and I was just like, I got nothing. I got nothing lined up for myself. Yeah. And that, there began the journey. And then within that journey, uh, my parents decided to move to Puerto Rico. And so, again, another decision to make. Uh, do I go with them or do I stay? Mm. And where am I staying, by the way? <laughs> yeah. There's no family here. There's no cousins. There's no aunties, no uncles, none of that. And so my sister's like, well, I'm not going over there. And so I was like, well, perfect. She and I could, you know, navigate this Chicago together and we'll just figure it out. And so I decided to stay as well. And the plan did not go as planned. <laughs> as always, right? Like what, what goes as planned? Yeah. Uh, before we continue, I just want to call out if you guys, I'm so, we're working with dogs. <laughs> Judah is snoring. Judah decided to take a nap. So at Sally, our feet. my apologies, but Judah will will be joining us. For it's this all good. It's podcast. all good. As long as the audience knows uh, that I don't it have a bronchial issue. <laughs> okay, so I just want to point that out. So the plan didn't go as planned, mm -hmm. and your dad still he went. To he left. Rico. Yeah, he's still there. Okay, he's still he living a good time? Living oh. a great life, yes, <laughs> minus the hurricanes and all yes. the, the, the craziness that's been happening out there. Okay. Yes, they're well. But you and your sister stayed here? We stayed here. Um, my sister took a different direction, and uh, I was left to fend for myself. Like, that's when life really started for me. Uh, the lessons, the hardships, those conversations that you're having with yourself, like, okay, what the heck am I going to do with myself how am I going to um, pick myself up, you know, because uh, no one's coming for me. No one's going to save you. No, no one's, one's gonna... coming to save me, not with money, not with a car, not with a favor. Um, and that's when life really hit hard. So I was 21, 22 uh, when I just decided, like, I got to make some really good decisions here. And then life just started, you know, so, I, be I became a mom. So much happened between 20 and 30. Uh, you know, I became a mom at 23. Uh, I enrolled myself uh, at 28 uh, to a community college at, at Wright College. Uh, I, 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 I just ran through that. I, I really wanted, I always had wanted to go to college. Um, so for me, that was just like a breeze. Yeah. The whole thing was a breeze for the last Seven, the, the seven years that I did from my associates to my bachelor's to my master's, it was just a breeze. Loved like, it? I loved it. I, yep. I melted in it. And I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher or, or, or be in some sort of uh, educational career or space. I just didn't know where because I was learning all of this because nobody told me about it. Yeah. Um, so i I navigated uh, my way through college, um, scholarships, uh, like I said, it, it was a breeze for me. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was a breeze and you were still, you're a mom too, right? I was a mom. Was it that was hard? A, I was a single mom while going to school. I mean, did, is that breezy? <laughs> <laughs> that part wasn't. And that's what I was going to say. The, the academic part was a breeze. Uh, I, I graduated with distinctions all seven years. 
uh, it was the other side of it. You know, yeah. who's going to babysit, uh, you know, my son, Elijah, uh, who's going to pick him up while I'm in class. So I really had to uh, figure out, you know, the online courses. I like took so many online courses. I know to this date, students hate taking online courses and then COVID happened and everybody went remotely, but I thrived in those classes because I was super disciplined and ready to just finish. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like my first semester and I was already looking at the end. Yeah. I was like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I'm late. I needed to do this 10 years ago. You were focused. I was focused. Disciplined and focused. Yeah. So uh, at all cost, I I mean, I made it happen. And when you want something that bad, you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, school was easy, but life was not. Uh, you know, I still had to face hardships financially, um, not having my family here to even just for one day, just to say I cooked for you, you know, or I'll babysit for you so you can go out and just let your hair down. Yep. I didn't have that. It was grinding, grinding, grinding. I missed so many weddings, parties, uh, things that I would have liked to be a part of with my girlfriends. I lost friends yeah. because people are just like, don't yeah. even bother her. <laughs> while doing, while like, like the normal 20s of having fun or... Exactly. Um, I, I have a twin sister. And so I, I, I think we share similar paths. I was, I, I grew up very quickly. Um, mom as well, focused on college. I just needed to graduate and yeah. then figure out how to work and survive. Exactly. And so while my sister is studying abroad and she's going to parties <laughs> and she's getting her doctorates and, or her, uh, her master's at the time. And, and I'm working, yes. <laughs> like just working. Yes. <laughs> um, don't regret it. Loved, like loved my path and mm -hmm. loved my son. Yeah. I, I, I had a great time with him when he was younger. I, I missed Sometimes I miss like those early stages, but I just remember there was um, a very clear distinction of what the other life was like. Yes. And I just remember like, I just don't have time for that right now. Like, yeah. let's just close that door, shut the blinders and focus. And I know what those, uh, I remember very vividly what that feeling felt like. I, I literally probably had like four or five contacts on my phone. Yeah. Because there was nobody talking to me. I was so focused and cocooned in my own life because the answer was going to be no. No, I can't date. No, I can't go out. No, I can't go to the party uh, because my responsibility was school and Elijah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I, I and I couldn't even afford it. If I went out, um, I, I couldn't afford it. it, it yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't afford a babysitter either. So I was like, like a nice well. dinner. Like I, I remember like the first nice dinner by nice. I mean, like, like, um, <laughs> like, like a hundred dollars or yeah, something like, like, like a nice steak what? dinner. <laughs> like, yeah. And that so, was like years. Yeah. Or like the first vacation. When was your first vacation? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, everyone's always like, oh, uh, you're going to Puerto Rico. Awesome. What a great vacation. I'm like, that's not a vacation. I'm going to see mommy and poppy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. So um, years of sacrifice. Um, I, I mean, it was just non-existent. Um, and I was OK with that because I knew that I was going to do the hard work now to get the fruit later. And I so believed in that, like wholeheartedly. I know education's not for everyone and we'll segue into that in a little bit, but I wanted to accomplish that. 
And I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that I had those experiences. I met so many people, my professors, my colleagues that I'm still friends with today um, from those experiences. And then you just got more and more opportunities to see other people, places, spaces. um, And it just grew from there because that's what college does, you know, especially if you're involved in a fraternity, if you're engaged on campus, if you serve as a leader on campus in any organization, um, so it was, it was awesome for sure. And then from there, you, after your master's, did you want to go into education? Cause you did go into education. For I a did. While, right? Um, so as soon as I got my bachelor's, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm not done yet. This, this was too easy. I want to keep going. Um, so I took, uh, maybe seven or eight months off after my bachelor's. And then I went right into my master's, uh, three-year program at DePaul. Um, and then after that, I was like, now I'm ready to work. And um, I started off at Little Village Lawndale High School serving as a uh, mental health uh, educator. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but really everything, every, every stint that I do since I got my master's, it's just been a blessing. Because yeah. it's, it's what I already knew I wanted to do. So you're just happy that you're there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're just like, wow, Ooh, I'm here. I, I did it. I made it. I made it. I'm kind. Con- <laughs> and so you're just doing that work in love. You know, <laughs> you're just like, I, now I get to give back everything. Now I just have the training, the resources and the access to help uh, the students. And it's just such a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Um and then after my master's, I, I, uh, I, I did a couple stints at high schools and I found my way to Morton College uh, where I was uh, serving as a higher education professional, doing various things, recruiting. I did a little bit of athletics, uh, the director of alumni and giving. And that's how I met Mr. Eddie Garcia, CEO and founder of Realty of Chicago. Okay. So how did you meet him? Was he, was he an alumni? <laughs> No, he wasn't. He'd be laughing if he were here right now. Were you hitting him up for some? (laughs) I sure was. (laughs) I sure was. I sure was. Uh, So I was driving around. So Berwyn's right next door to Cicero, which is where the college is at. And um, if you know Berwyn and Cicero, you know that every bench in Cicero and Berwyn has Eddie Garcia's face on it. Okay. so I was in the neighbor and I'm like, God, I got to call that guy. Um, Because I wanted him to support the students at the college. So I called during COVID. Cold call? I got cold call. That's that's how we roll. Um, And um, his assistant picked up. And long story short, uh, we got to meet and talk in person and... And, and there began the journey. <laughs> okay. So then he, you call him. Yes. What do you say? Oh, it was such a good, invigorating conversation about COVID, about life, about uh, business. And then I just went for the chokehold. I said, listen, you got to help us. You got to <laughs> come to the college. You got to see what we're doing over there. Uh, so he was, he was all in. He's like, okay, I'm coming. Um, so he brought his team, showed him around the college, showed him different areas of support uh, that he could, you know, potentially uh, support in. So athletics, international students, our food pantry that had just opened at the time. Um, There was just all these opportunities that I knew a successful Latino like him could endorse. And so before long, he was like, hey, are you are you all hosting real estate classes here? And I was just like, well, no, but let's get it going. (laughs) He's like, let's get that going first. And then I'll talk about giving. I was like, all right. So within within just a matter of weeks, 
we coordinated the whole thing. And I'm happy and proud to say that 255 students have sat in the real estate classes at Morton College. Wow. Since COVID. <laughs> and real estate is such a valuable education in and of itself. Yeah. To, it's an industry that is is financially uh, wealth. It brings wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me why you were so on board to support him in bringing that to the students. Uh, well, that was, a, that was just a, you know, a no brainer. If you're bringing access and you're bringing, providing something for the students, for the community as an option, why not? Um, mm-hmm. so we immediately, uh, launched the program, um, and, and, and got that going. It's an option that's not talked about a lot yet has been existing for since the day of time. Yeah. You know, if you go to any high school, uh, you know, you see the, the, the Marine Corps over there, uh, you know, they've got their recruiters. They talk about career day. I know because I was a recruiter for Morton College and I have attended many uh, college events and career days. And it's just all different various universities and community colleges. But you never have a, a representative for entrepreneurs, uh-uh. you don't have a representative for someone that says, who's got guts? Who wants to do this? Who wants to start their own business? And today, in today's age and, and time, I mean, there's so many ways to make a really good living from uh, blogging to podcasts to YouTubing to makeup Um Real estate, lending. But I like how you said that. Who has guts? Right. Who's ha- that? That's what my <laughs> tablecloth would say. This is who has guts. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, um, it's just not an industry that's talked about a lot. That's not shared, and so our younger generation is completely unaware of it. You know, do you want a a, a career in nursing? Do you want a career in criminal justice? Uh, uh, sociology, but we don't talk about all these other options. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've created at Realty of Chicago is an option for uh, a young person in high school, which by the way, we just signed on an 18 year old as an agent at Realty of Chicago. Wow. He just graduated high school and he saw, he passed his test on the first try and he's, Girl, I need to give you my son's information. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we're really excited about that. We've got quite a few of young folks at Realty of Chicago. Because it's the best learning environment, too. It's the best place to be able to expand communication. Think about uh, how you want to present yourself, how you're looking at properties. I think this is like, everything. It encompasses everything. It's if you want to flip houses... Uh, uh, foreclosures, uh, education. Um, I mean, there's just so many pathways that you can take with real estate, rentals and leasing. I mean, there's just a plethora of things that you could do with your real estate license. Um, so we, we've presented that as an option to the students at Morton College and uh, the program's going great. Um, you know, the, the idea of launching that program is to pipeline those students to Realty of Chicago. Right. Um, there's no obligation. Uh, they can choose whatever brokerage firm they would like uh, to work with. But the idea is 
for those students to pipeline to Realty of Chicago. Okay. So it's been a great program. It's been a great experience. I'm now on the other side of that. <laughs> and so it sounds like you're more on the expansion and the business development of the of the firm itself. Is this correct? Correct. Um, so my role at uh, Realty of Chicago is to bolster the client experience, the agent experience. Our agents are gold for us. We uh, we we want to bring all the resources and tools. Uh, you know, the, the, the fairies of the world, um, you know, to train them, to coach them and mentor them. Um, so we're changing a lot, um, from when we started in 2012. So, uh, that's part of my role at Realty of Chicago. Um, in addition to turning out fires and, and all that other stuff in between our events, we're, we're doing so many events. We've partnered with, uh, St. Jude this year, Habitat of Humanity. Um, we're moving to our new headquarters later this year, which is a 20,000 square foot facility. What? There's a lot going on. I mean, that, this <laughs> means that there's growth. That means that there's growth. <laughs> what, what about leadership? When people are listening, and this is going to be insight for the audience on self-leadership but then and then leading a, a firm. Yes. What are some of those principles that you take away. So you mentioned before, like, like working is, is, is a big one, but you said sacrificing in the beginning and you knew it would pay off. Like mm-hmm. you knew by focusing on the front end and having discipline uh, that it's the reward would come. And now you're in a position to where you do have uh, the ability to have the career that you wanted, yeah. the growth and the, the ability to determine your path at a larger scale. Mm-hmm. So what are some of those other takeaways that 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 would help other people become better self leaders and then leaders of others? Yes. Oh gosh, there's so much in between that. Um, so before I made the transition to Realty of Chicago, I was well on my way um, to do my doctoral program. I had gotten accepted to National Lewis University, and I really was ready for change. I was ready to move out of state. I had gotten an offer in Florida. I got an offer in Arizona. And I was just really uh, navigating my way through all of these different offers that I wasn't expecting as a result of COVID. Um, And so I was like, oh gosh, do I move to Florida? Um, And my sister had recently moved out there. So I was just like, that would be awesome. And then Arizona made me an offer as a dean. And I'm like, wow, I could just skip the whole doctoral program and jump right into that role. Um, so the, the, the purpose of me wanting to uh, achieve my doctoral program was to uh, elevate to a senior executive position and, of course, um, increase my earnings. And so that was my mindset um, until I met Eddie Garcia, who obviously made a a really strong offer and just changed my mind about everything I was doing. Um, And so I really had to break down the pros and the cons of achieving my doctoral. And it's a three, three and a half year program. And so to me, it was, it it was, you know, I'm a little bit of a risk taker, you know, even, (laughs) even though I'm, I like being in my space and my comfort zone and having security especially as a single mom for so long, um, I was still willing to take a gamble and a bet on myself that I was going to do really great things at Realty of Chicago. 
And so I was just juxtaposing the, uh, the pros and cons, like, okay, it's going to take me three years in this program, uh, another student loan, as opposed to just jumping right into this new position, completely different, uh, um, you know, a career, uh, entrepreneurs uh, leading and guiding and supporting uh, 250 agents. Like, I mean, I was just really dipping into hot water. <laughs> but um, in that challenge and excitement, I just trusted myself. I went with my gut. I didn't even consult with anybody. I don't have a mentor. I've never had a mentor. If I did, I definitely would have con consulted with them. Um, I didn't ask uh, my partner. I didn't ask colleagues. The only person I asked was Elijah, my son. Um, I just said, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? If I go into this role, it's going to take a lot more of my time. And that means I'm not going to be present and available for you. And as much as much. Yeah. Right. And so he's like, no, mom, you better go and call that guy. <laughs> he was all in. And that's the only approval that I needed. Um, and so I'll say I'll say this, that. It's not for everybody, right? Not everybody's willing to take that chance, but I would challenge you to take that risk uh, because something beautiful, something better can become of it. And I mean, I was straight path forward. Uh, I had my life pretty set, <laughs> um, but I, I just felt it in my soul, in my spirit that I needed to go the other way. And that's what I did. So I would say, listen to your intuition, um, you know, have that conversation with yourself, the what ifs, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was okay taking the gamble, even if it didn't work out. I was, I was okay, you know, just to see what that looked like. Mm -hmm. uh, because for so long I had been, you know, I had to be safe and secure right? Uh, because I was a single mom and we were on survival mode at all costs. And so this was just a different time for me. Uh, I had the education. I had the belief and the confidence in myself that whether you put me in this role or in another role or for a different company, I was going to thrive no matter what the switch was. And so that's how I walked in to Realty of Chicago. That was my attitude. That was my disposition. And, and there I am. And so I would say as a leader, as you know, some of the, the, the tenants and, and the core values that I live by are confidence, empathy, uh, your emotional quotient, which mm -hmm. I spoke about um, in one of our chats recently. Those are just pillars that I live by, that I'm always honing in on, working on, on myself. Mm -hmm. I also do self-investing. So no one's going to give you, you know, a, a hall pass to say, hey, go to that conference or go do this. Um, you have to do that for yourself. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. And because I grew up not having so much, you get creative, right? Mm -hmm. you know, um, and you find a way to get X, Y, Z when you don't have it. Mm -hmm. um, and that still holds true today. Um, so when someone doesn't afford me an opportunity, I'll just find it or mm -hmm. ask for it or invest in myself. So yeah, I've done, I've done a lot of self-investing throughout my career. So yeah. that would be something I would say uh, for leaders that are looking to level up 
is don't wait for someone to give you a hall pass and say you're going to get promoted or you're not going to get promoted. Promote yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, give yourself permission. Give I- yourself permission. Spend the money on yourself, whether it's uh, a training or certification, your wardrobe, uh, your self-care. Like, Just reinvest it all back into you because it's just going to fold uh, and show throughout your career. And I like how you said, I didn't consult with anyone else. Even if you had a mentor, you know, you might've consulted with them, but you checked in with you. Yeah. You gave yourself the permission and you were betting on yourself. I was. And so with that, I think comes a um, a certainty. And when you're certain, you're able to move forward fully without hesitation, without doubt, because you understand that the risk is yours and that you can afford it. And so I think having and being able to move in a way I got this makes a lot of difference between did I make the right choice? Did I not? Because that's that's something I think a lot of people can relate to, not just women, um, not just young people. I think we can all refer to times in our lives where if we're really certain that leads to confidence, that leads to us being able to maneuver fully in our best selves Mm -hmm. and uh, versus times of doubt or uncertainty where uh, we're constantly deferring or looking to someone else's answer for our life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, fear is a real thing, people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. No, fear can, can, can limit you, can hold you back for years. Uh, It's the, it's the reason why people stay in, in broken relationships, uh, the, the reason why people stay in, you know, dreadful careers and jobs and, and the mundane things that we do. And I would just say, break out of that, break out of, break out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I'm, I'm loving every minute of my day at Realty of Chicago. There's never a day that's alike. Um, it's a funny, funny place. Uh, the agents keep me laughing. They keep me young. Our leadership team is badass. Um, Maggie, Eddie, Tino, uh, Freddie, Andre, Lewis. I, I mean, we have such a, a small team. Yeah. But we are small but mighty and mighty. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> and growing. So, yes, and growing. So the work and the results are there, right? Just as you said, you put in the time, you put in the efforts. And when you get around the right people, yes. when you get into the right environment, perhaps, um, you know, education institutions are very corporate. And, yes. And they're very, very structured, structured, process driven. Perhaps you wouldn't have been able to thrive as much as you can in this role that seems more, it's custom for you. Yes. It's, it, you make it. Yeah, <laughs> You decide what your role looks like and you decide how you want to grow and maneuver and your input is helping shape the direction of the firm as well as people like Eddie Garcia, um, Mr. Eddie Garcia, mm-hmm. who saw something in you and was able to say, she's a great fit. I know. And I am forever in debt to Mr. Garcia because- I don't know what I said to him. I don't know what I did. I don't know what it was, but he he saw talent and he was like, you coming on my team. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that this is like, the, this speaks to the magic of human connection. Yeah. Like the, the when you give yourself the permission to release yourself and to say, I'm cold calling him. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to say, yeah. but I'm going to say it. <laughs> no. And that's another, that's another important thing that you bring up. Uh, again, it's that fear, right? Like, oh my God, you did that. Um, I do that all the time. So like before, uh, before uh, uh, or when COVID happened, I really wasn't on social media. I don't have time or space for that. I'm very, again, 
very narrow and driven. Plus, there was a whole bunch of people that I didn't care to reconnect with. Yeah. Uh, but therein came COVID and uh, the pandemic. And so I had to uh, extend myself to the students that I was serving at Morton College. And so there I was on social media, posting, doing events and Zooms and all this stuff. And, and it was just an energy that was just, it just blew up. I met so, so many people through social media. <laughs> I have really great relationships with people through social media. Yeah, I, I feel you. Um, I've reached out to vice presidents that um, are sitting in a very similar role, um, like myself at Realty of Chicago. I've met with uh, the VP of Tampico Beverages. I've met with other CEOs and VPs of various different organizations for lunch, for coffee. They're like, who are you? I And I'm just like, who cares? I'll see you at lunch. <laughs> uh, you'll find out about me when I get we'll over get there. there. We'll yeah. get there. <laughs> and so that's how I've used social media to connect with people that are doing the same type of work um, and ask them those really difficult questions that I have no idea of because I've not been in a position um, as, you know, serving as VP of operations before now. And so when you want to know something, just go and find out who's doing your role in a different job and start asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I did. So I, I, I've met with so many people and picked their brains and, and learned things. And, and that's, that's, and the, that's bold. It's bold. And this is also, this is like the resourcefulness of using what's at your disposal, like, or at your fingertips to be able to make those connections happen. That's where social media can be a great thing. Yeah. I don't like some of the there's certainly downsides of social media, but mm -hmm. the powerful side is its ability to open up and make those connections faster. Yeah. Um, and so to you being able to leverage that to expand your your skills, to expand your knowledge and insight, I think is um, something that people can take away. It's it's honestly been one of my biggest blessings since coming on Realty of Chicago. Yeah. I have met amazing, talented people from all walks of life. And, and that's, that to me is like gold. And what, and um, what I'm thinking for the person who's like, I don't know if, if I reach out to them, will they respond? What if they don't want to meet with me? What if they say no? What if I don't have the quali the qualifications that I think they, I need in order to do lunch with them? What do you say to that person? On to the next. <laughs> um, you know what? No one has turned me down. No one has turned me down yet. Um, uh, and, and Chicago is a big city, but a small town. And you end up seeing these people at events. You end up um, engaging with them at a gala. You, so you see the same people again and again. And so before time, you're nudging them again. Like, hey, I met you on social media. Or hi, you know, my name is so-and-so. Uh, so I haven't had a no yet. Uh, I, I've had a lot of blind phone calls, a lot of blind texts, uh, blind messages, I'll, also use LinkedIn, um, and no one has said no. Sometimes I just shoot them a real quick question, and they'll answer me right there on the spot. So yeah. I haven't had a negative experience with that yet. Okay. Yeah. So 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 the 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 lesson there is do it, do it, and if and if this happens, move on. 
say On thank you next. be you know extend that grace extend that gratitude thank you so much for your time i appreciate you i hope to see you at you know i hope to see you at so and so event whatever just leave it at that right because the universe always comes back yeah and that is the beauty of life everything i've wanted everything i've imagined for myself didn't come when i wanted it you know but in the next chapter, it was like, oh, damn, it's all it's coming. On. And now I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. Like people that I've wanted to connect with, people that I've wanted to break bread with, um, it just all circled back. And I would have never imagined that it would have came from this opportunity at Realty of Chicago. Uh, I, I just never even envisioned myself there. Uh, I, I wasn't planning to do real estate. I don't want to sell a house. I don't, I don't care what's going on with the mortgage rates. (laughs) Uh, You know, it just wasn't my vision for myself, but here I am and, and I'm embracing it and I'm embracing all that it brings because let me tell you, real estate moves fast and the life of a realtor is like cray cray. Cray cray. Cray cray. Don't look at my car when we leave out of here. (laughs) I bet it's a nice one. (laughs) Um, It's, it's, it's invigorating. Watch watching our agents just do the the magic that they do with clients and getting them from point A to point B, uh, Saturday open houses, and it's just on the grind because that's your business. And so I have so much admiration for the work that our agents do because it's really, really beautiful when you see it come to the closing table, especially when you're helping someone uh, who has an I-10 or an immigrant like Eddie um, uh, to give someone the keys to their first home. Oh. You know, it's just beautiful. I remember getting the keys of this house. <laughs> it's like, beautiful. It's such an emotional process. And I see it. I get to see it all the time happen yeah. at Realty of Chicago. So, and, and I love how you said everything comes back full circle. And if you would have gotten what you wanted then, um, I don't think it would be as sweet as it is right now. No. <laughs> um, or as satisfying, right? There's something about being able to experience the full palette of the taste of what you're you're experiencing. And um, I can see that it's very evident right now in this conversation. And I wish you nothing but the best for the future. I hope to have you on again. Yes, um, yes. Part two, 2.0. Part two, two <laughs> we got to have Mr. Eddie Garcia on yes. here. Um, any last thoughts any t- any key takeaways that you want to leave with those who are listening oh gosh well uh let's just backtrack a little bit and i just want to extend my my love to you for for creating this uh space and platform for latinos for business owners for like-minded people uh to share um their passion and their love for everything that they do and for being a connector so thank you for creating this space i really appreciate you i appreciate what you're doing and for having me i i guess my final thoughts would be um, live your best life. Don't have a plan B for your career. Uh, pick pick your, your, your pathway and, and that's it. Just do that. Don't have a plan B or the what ifs. If that, if that fails, just do what you want to do and then just let it drive. Let it drive you in whatever direction it takes. 
Um, and, and take a little risk. Take a little risk. Take a little risk. Have some, have some guts. <laughs> yeah, come to the gut table. <laughs> All right, Sally. Well, thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you so it. much. I will drop your links in the description. Cannot wait for part two. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Andrea. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you making the time to listen to mine. If you like this show and want to know more, check out TuesdaysWithAndrea.com or please leave a review on iTunes or drop a line in the YouTube comment section. Until next time, please stay kind in your mind, nice on the web, and stay hella hopeful in your heart.